Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored today to be joined by Raquel Mentor. Thanks for talking with us. Happy to be here. I've uh, followed you on social media for a while, and I wanted to talk to you um, about social media and also education because you are a grad student at La Sierra University, and at the same time, you are a teacher at South Bay Christian School. And since it's the end of the school year, I'd just like to get your reflections on it. How are you feeling uh, right now? Well, I think I'm probably at the same place most teachers are in May. Um, in general, most of us are just ready for the year to happily wrap up. Um, this year is particularly emotional for me because um, my school holds the same homeroom from sixth through eighth. So my, my babies that I started with in sixth grade, my first homeroom, they're graduating next week from eighth grade and just watching them, um, you know, grow up basically has has just been really wonderful and stressful and all of the other things at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, understand the emotion. Um, and I know teachers put so much of themselves into their students. Uh, you have a special age there, uh, sixth grade through eighth grade. What, um, attracted you to that, um, age group um good job (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) i started i started in actually kalamazoo michigan um i got offered a position to teach seventh and eighth with combination english um and science and spanish and it just seems that every single time that i am looking for a different place to land um, i end up teaching english and Spanish, and you know, maybe a little bit of Bible and different things. Uh, so it's, but it's been really good. I know a lot of people have a, an idea of middle school of like, oh, that age group, I would never want to work with them, but they really are just such a fun group to work with. Um, I, I've really enjoyed actually being a middle school teacher. Well, that's great. Well, thank you uh, for your service. Um, You're also in grad school at La Sierra. Can you talk a little bit about what you're studying? Sure. Um, I'm actually studying um, English literature. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was an English literature uh, major um, at Andrews University. Um, What attracted you to um, all that fun reading and critical theory? Um. Well, my, my, I, I'm realizing my answers are going to sound really terrible as I keep going along <laughs> in, this, in this interview. Um, but working in the Adventist system, they very generously pay for our degrees. But they usually want you to do something that's um, helpful in the classroom. And so as I was looking to get recertified, since my um, undergraduate studies, my minors were in science and English. Um, it was either continue in science or English. And so um, I definitely 
decided to go the, the English route on that one. Well, um, I uh, think that helping students understand the world through um, text, whether it's uh, the written word or even films, uh, really helps um, develop uh, great humans. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what it's been like uh, teaching during quarantine? Um, how have how have you been able to make it work? Sure. So quarantine, of course, started last school year. And I think, you know, I'm in a very different situation than a lot of teachers were. And I would say I was in a, in a good situation compared to a lot of teachers. We have a one-to-one technology system at our school. All of our students were digitally uh, literate. We, we basically had a paperless program prior to the pandemic. So when we, you know, left for spring break, not knowing that we were going to come back, we came back and started doing class with the biggest difference, of course, being that we were all at home. But, you know, as far as the students acclimating, um, they they actually didn't um they they trans um they shifted over pretty easily and as far as that regard um coming into the next school year um that was definitely a little bit different because we had the incoming sixth graders we had of course now students who were already experiencing zoom fatigue at the end of the last school year and we're jumping into it and of course you know, middle school or any age is just a social time and you, you miss so much of that. And I think I, I felt most for my students uh, that and, of course, for my eighth grade that just didn't get to do any of their graduation or graduating related activities. They didn't get to go on their trips. They didn't get to do their, you know, the things that they would get to do throughout the year to show them that they, you know, they were being celebrated. And so just seeing them you know, sad, <laughs> definitely yeah. Uh, yeah. made me feel sad for them. Uh, I think, and then now we've, you know, a lot of schools have gone back to hybrid. And I would say probably for most teachers who started hybrid, you know, like they're, they're my heroes <laughs> yeah. because hybrid is an entirely different ball game. Um, you have, um, you know, your kids right in front of you, you have, to try to give just as much attention to the kids who are online. And then you have the kids who maybe sometimes, you know, get lost in between. And so trying to give everybody the amount of attention, the amount of, you know, just encouragement and, and love that they need is a lot harder in the hybrid setting. Uh, and again, I definitely feel like as a teacher, I've definitely had a overall pretty good experience because most of my time we had kids who all had internet, who all had working computers, who, um, you know, we only did one quarter of hybrid. So, you know, overall it was not as, I'm sure there are far more teachers who have real hard stories and real struggles that they definitely had to battle through this, this past year. Yeah. Um, what are you doing for graduation? Is it going to be kind of virtual or drive through graduation or in person? So for for our our county, the restrictions allow us for um, an in person graduation. Oh, great! Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> so we we're having an in person graduation in the backfield, um, limited to two guests per per student. Um, 
and you know with time restrictions and and you know the monitoring and everything else but uh you know it definitely it's a it's a step up from last year um we had a drive through graduation last year and i think a lot of schools definitely either you know did zoom or or drive through last year yeah well that'll be really meaningful for the students um for sure you know i was just listening to a presentation um uh, connected to an Adventist institution, and they were talking about how fewer and fewer Adventist schools, like South Bay Christian, for example, um, but uh, you know, Adventist academies are f- feeding fewer and fewer students up to you know the institutions like La Sierra or PUC um, here in the Pacific Union. And I'm just curious, what's your sense of your students? Do they? Are, do you think that an Adventist education for college is an option for them? Is are they interested in that? Or are they? Um, is it too early? You know, I know. Underst- I know they're junior high. Um, so any I've, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I've worked in three different conferences now. Um, I guess just like to preface when I worked in in Kalamazoo at Kalamazoo Junior Academy, our percentage of Adventist kids was maybe. 80 percent 85 yeah um w- you know they were a direct pipeline to like GLA or to to andrew's academy um so and which ultimately you know was a direct pipeline to, to andrew's yeah uh, when i worked in the lake region conference there was a lot of emphasis and push for students to go to oakwood university and even though we had less Adventist kids, we did have a, a good portion, I would say 70, 75. Uh, there was always a strong emphasis to, to, for the kids, and a lot of them, you know, hoped to go on to Oakwood. Um, I think the biggest change that, I mean, and I'm just talking from this, you know, present school. Yeah. This school is different in that it really aims to serve the community. And so we have a very big population of kids who aren't actually Adventist. Um, and so, you know, sharing with kids like, oh, yeah, we have, you know, Adventist universities is a little bit hard, especially in California, where kids are thinking like, oh, UCLA, USC, UC Berkeley, uh, you know, they're, they're a lot less drawn to, to the Adventist schools when there are so many schools that, you know, they've heard about that, you know, are, are just really well known for this state. Interesting. Um, and... At the same time, you, do you feel like uh, the Adventist kids are also interested in an Adventist education, or are they kind of like the, the, the you know the students who are from you know the community, so to speak? Um, I I don't know if I could speak generally for that. I think it, at the end of the day, it boils down to each individual family's values. Um, you know, there's the tradition of going to Adventist schools. There's the, the religious aspect, of course. Um, so I don't know if I could say, you know, one direct reason. I, one thing that I do know for sure, though, is seeing a shift, even from middle school age, kids and parents really want their kids to go somewhere good so they can have a really good career so they can, uh, you know, get a great job. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is about Adventist education, you know, higher education. Uh, normally, that's not necessarily what, what 
our Adventist schools, I guess, get the name for in, in, in a more public setting. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, thanks for your f- reflections on that. You're not only a, a teacher and a grad student. You're also you're you're the rare teacher that has four thousand five hundred followers on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did that happen? Um. Well, I've always been a little bit interested in social media. I've I was a little bit of a uh, social weirdo, for lack of better words but I always found myself being able to have a better voice online where I could, you know, premeditate my words and thoughts. Uh, Yeah. So um, I just really started like self teaching about how to, you know, grow a personal following and, you know, become relatable and, and follow trends and all of those other things. And so, I mean, it's, it's been a process, but uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, something that I probably started maybe, oh man, four years ago, something a while ago, you know, trying to, to maneuver through it. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. I definitely have enjoyed what, what social media has been able to bring as far as getting to meet people, especially, you know, during a pandemic where everything just felt so divided. It was definitely something that helped you feel like there was still community yeah. Um, what's, you know, you talked about connecting with people. Um, what do you hope to do with uh, social media? Um, what, what's, what's kind of important to you beyond, obviously, the, the chance to communicate and sort of share uh, um, your life with other people? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I've kind of made it into my own little lucrative business. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> no, no, no free, no free ad intended. <laughs> but um, last year, I bit the bullet and just decided to make my my little side hustle a little bit more more public and start really intentionally sharing with people that you know I'm I I do social media marketing. I you know I understand it. I can work with startups because I am a startup and I understand how stressful it is to manage your business and also try to be your own marketer and everything else. And let me help you do that. So, um, it started with that and it's, you know, it's been going really well because the beauty of social media marketing is that while you're, you know, helping somebody out with their marketing, you're also creating a network. And then, you know, you have somebody else who says, Hey, you know, I, I like what she does, you know, send them her way and, and, Really, thankfully for me, you know, I've I've met so many amazing uh, Christian influencers who have been willing to put my name out there and, uh, you know, give me a chance. And so I've met some really great, great people along the way, getting to work with them. Well, that's great to hear. And it's, uh, I'm um, interested, do you have any sort of reflections on folks who are listening and, and thinking about? their own social media. Maybe they're not um, going to go down into the side hustle route, but are just sort of thinking about how do I deal with, you know, do I need to be doing TikTok dances? How do I like what, what's going on in the world? What are, what are people missing if they're not uh, scrolling through Instagram? <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest advice to give is, you know, find, find your purpose before you start. Hmm. find out what you're hoping to achieve and then figure out where that purpose would be best met. And the point whenever you're, 
you know, trying to get, I mean, I think people kind of miss one step before they go on, you know, like, oh, I want to go viral. Like, why though? Yeah. You know, um, you want to think about like, what are you, what are you trying to offer to people? Um, because when you're doing social media, it's, I mean, yeah, it's very gratifying to, you know, get likes and comments and follows and all those things. But also you're, you're providing a service at the end of the day. Is your service relatable? Is your service something that other people will be interested in? And where are the people that would be interested in what you have to offer? And that's yeah. how you choose your platform in yeah. a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, it, I think, um, I, you know, I was reflecting on some Adventist, uh, I was having lunch with, uh, Cliff Goldstein last week. Um, and I was thinking about the way that he has a kind of Adventist following and personality because he has such an interesting story. Um, and he was actually off to go talk with, uh, uh, with Doug Batchelor, who's also a very uh-huh. famous Adventist personality with an interesting yeah. story. Uh, they're of a different generation, and I think a lot of folks um, perhaps, you know, I maybe think, oh, social media, that's, you know, that's not that important. But uh, they don't realize that, you know, folks like Doug Batchelor and Adventism have such a huge following in, in part because yeah. he's so good at media. You know, he was yeah. teaching Sabbath school lessons um, in, you know, in a way that uh, attracted a lot of eyeballs. And even though I obviously don't agree with his theology at all, it's interesting to see the way that um, these folks have used media to create a following. And I think those of us who have different messages to get out, um, need to be aware of the way that media is a medium and it's just a way of, of connecting with people um, and maybe helping express our values more widely. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you mind just talking a little bit about your story? Where did you grow up? Sure. Um, I actually grew up, the easiest way to just say it, I, I grew up like borderline Compton, California. Oh, great. So, uh it, it, it's more known, the lesser known is um, Weird Al Yankovic's hometown, Linwood. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, great. So, um, I grew up there. I actually did not grow up in Adventist education. I grew up in uh, public school my whole life and then suddenly decided I wanted to go to the other side of the, of the country for school. And so I applied to all, uh, all public universities on the West coast and I applied to Andrews and I said, okay, Andrews it is. Um, and ever since then, it's just been a really great journey. Um, I think it made me honestly appreciate Adventist education that much more. And something that I just will never forget is the very first day I entered into uh, my math placement test, um, during orientation week, the very first thing that we did was pray. Oh. And it was, it was like a good feeling like, oh, that's right. We, we do that. We're a body of people who, who all believe in the same God and, and worship the same God. And, you know, we do these things with purpose. And I mean, of course, you know, like to everybody else, it's whatever, especially if you're coming from academy. Um, but it was, it was just like a welcome change for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, didn't pray every day in front of, um, my, uh, courses but i do like to pray um before the tests 
that I give my students. I feel like it's a helpful way of getting everyone kind of calm and centered and connected. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you went out to Andrews, and um, but you grew up in Southern California. Can you talk a little bit about, um, I don't know, that, you know, there's a little bit of a cultural difference between L.A. and um, southwestern Washington or uh, Michigan. Um, so what was it like to go from sunny Southern California to uh, freezing cold Michigan winters? Well, <laughs> so people had told me about Andrews in, in like pastures in the way of like, oh, it snows there. So, you know, you need to make sure you're ready for the snow. And so my mom and I go out and buy the biggest, puffiest ski jacket because, of course, it's snow. You yeah. have to have a ski jacket and ski boots and big, <laughs> strong hats. And you can imagine my complete embarrassment being in you know an 18 year old girl coming out the first day of snow looking like a complete marshmallow <laughs> and everyone around me is wearing regular sneakers a light coat and um you know and maybe a beanie you know if if, if it was cute but um you know aside from that culture shock um i think another big massive difference was seeing the the wealth, this, uh, you know, differences between everybody. I mean, I, I went to Andrews on scholarship and on uh, student loans entirely yeah. 100%. Wow. Um, I arrived to Andrews University with $40, uh, which I promptly lost because I had to buy books and I couldn't afford my textbooks. Um, I, I would see kids complain or kids, adults, complain that they didn't have any money to go out to eat. Um, I didn't have money for my cell phone. I didn't have money to make it to the next, to the end of, of the semester. I, I was genuinely worried I wouldn't be at Andrews for more than a, than a semester because the money just was not there. Um, and just seeing people who, you know, their parents sent them off with cars, with, you know, um, the ability to to get you know groceries aside from their cash account, um, coming from a place where all I saw was poverty, and then coming to a place where I see like middle class and well to do people all around me was I think it was very hard, especially you know when I you know when I would have to constantly say like, yeah sorry I can't hang out oh. I you know I'm I'm working 25 hours a week you know and I'm and I'm studying and so. Um, it gave me a greater appreciation for what I was doing and more drive to finish. Yeah. To, you know, to better myself. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that breaks my heart. Um, uh, when you were going through, did you find other students that would, that could, you know, kind of understand where you're coming from or were at least empathetic to, oh, to sure. your story? Okay, good. <laughs> definitely. I mean, I think the sad thing about college is the only one. I mean, there'd be students who definitely, you know, it was, I definitely say for me it was a God thing because that, like I said, that first semester, I, I was supposed to be gone. I couldn't afford living on campus anymore because of the, the CAF account 
combination with the dorm was just like way too much. Um, and I am my RA, her mom took me in to live at her apartment. She didn't know me. She, you know, she's just like, okay, there's this girl who needs a house. We're not going to let her just not have somewhere to go. Wow. And that's, that's how I was able to stay at Andrews for the, for the, for the rest of my, my time there. That's great. But, you know, there, there were definitely other students who, you know, after a year, that was the end for them. You know, it's, it's definitely not an uncommon thing to hear that, you know, you just didn't make financial clearance. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, that's a familiar story at a lot of Adventist campuses. People can, yeah. can get there, but it's hard to, to get, keep them. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been um, really nice hearing part of your story. And, you know, I've just got a couple questions to wrap up here. Obviously, you made it through, Andrews. You have been teaching for a while. And, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you too much about your grad program, but I'm kind of curious, what are you planning on doing um, after you finish? Uh, are you going to continue teaching? Are you interested in, you know, growing um, other parts of, of your social media empire? What's what? <laughs> what are your goals? Yeah, so, I mean, I think I'm, I'm one person who, you know, I can say I have one thing in mind, but things just change so quickly. Um, this year is such a big example of that, you know? Yep. Um, um, my, in, in my mind, I would love to go on to teach at a university or a college. Um, that would be phenomenal. Uh -huh. um, and I would also like to continue my, my business. Uh, I, I've thoroughly equally enjoyed doing it. And I mean, I guess, you know, just being the busy body that I am, uh, I, you know, breaking away from monotony has always been a thing that just really excites me. And so I can't see myself stopping doing my, my social media and probably I can't see myself stopping teaching. So I guess we'll see, we'll see where we go from there. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where you go from there. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. My last question is, uh, you know, it's I really appreciate your reflections on Adventist education and obviously your service. Um, and, you know, as you're looking at this faith that's, um, you know, part of these institutions that you've been connected to, I'm just curious what gives you hope uh, in this community that we're a part of? That's a really good question. <laughs> with, with, without, without getting super emotional, because um, emotions are great. <laughs> there you go. You just, you know, it's the end of the year. It's yeah. an emotional time. Yeah. I, I would say that I've always felt most welcome at an Adventist school. I, I being, you know, shout out. I'm, I'm going to make them listen to this. So, you know, shout out to my amazing coworker teachers. We co-teach middle school. Mm. Um, Diane Voigt and Ruth Perez. My, you know. Just such a tight knit group of people working for the same reason, for, you know, with the same passion towards the same goal. Yeah, it's you know, it's been really amazing. 
for lack of better words. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really the people that that make it work, isn't it? Yeah, the people, the students. You know, it's it really is a really tight knit community. Which you know, it, of course, you know, there's your your ups and downs that come with that. But you know, after all these years chances are, you know, before I applied to a public school, I'd probably end up applying right back to an Adventist school because, you know, it, it just feels home. Yeah. Well, Raquel, thank you so much for being so real and, and talking with me, and um, I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what you do, and if you have more thank ideas you. for um, articles for Spectrum, please don't hesitate. Um, I know people really... <laughs> yeah, maybe after this school year's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll let, you, we'll let you relax for a while. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, I wish you the best. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yes, I knew, Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move when the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely 